Kista Frank lives in Brookhaven, a neighborhood just north of Atlanta. She's going to set the record straight. Coming up in segment three about Mittens, the serval cat that leapt into her bed after her husband left the door open. Hear it in her words when she joins us coming up. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old. Put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. Welcome back, Donna. Thank you. Donna's back, everybody. My name's Donna, and I'm Caddy's mm-hmm. wife. Right. Um, okay, so I think you put out into the universe that I was like incredibly angry with you, and that's why I didn't show up for the um, podcast. And I'm not that unprofessional. I really am not. I would not not show up and like throw a tantrum. However, I had horrific vertigo. Mm-hmm. Which, if you've listened to any of the episodes, which started from my adventure to Six Flags with our 18-year-old, now 18-year-old daughter, Olivia, for her little birthday trip, we always go to the amusement park. So went to Six Flags, came home all kinds of wonky, and I could not get out of bed. I felt like I had just a hangover where the room was spinning constantly. And I have to tell you, I have determined that selfish people are not good caregivers, which that just sounds like, I mean, like that makes sense. But let's just put it out there. Mm-hmm. And you, my friend, are selfish. A little bit. You're a little bit narcissistic, a little bit selfish. But we know that about you. There's your episode title, PT, right there. <laughs> yeah. We know this about you. And Do you've, we? you've okay. admitted this before. Yes. Okay. But you're just not a good caretaker. It's like when you, I don't even know how to describe it. If you tell me you have anything, like if you said, I don't know, my arm, whatever, my left finger is tingling. I would look up on the internet what causes left finger tingling. Right, but that's that's, that's not necessarily the right thing to do either. Right, but I would be like, let me help you. Have you, Did you know this could be a possibility? You're just like, you are not interested at all. I'm going, I went back to the doctor. My blood pressure was a little high. You don't offer to take me. You, there is nothing, like there is no sympathy, nothing. You're like, well, I got to go to work. I'm heading out. And I'm over there like with my head in my hands, like a little puke bucket below me. No cold rag. No let me help you back into bed. Let me get you some saltine crackers. What is wrong with you? And honestly, it's made me worry. Uh, the only thing I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for a lot of things in this situation is that I have kids. Because when I get old, you're not going to take care of me. And let me tell you something. I'm going to take good care of you. I think. I'm going to put you perilously close to the edge and not put my brake on and not put your brake on if that's you a joke don't, Don and if I you have, don't straighten it up if you ever drive by a nursing home or an assisted living home and there's that one couple and they have they have wheeled themselves out to the courtyard which probably took a week right uh to, to just get some fresh air yeah look at the clouds and in the blue sky and there, there's going to be one time when one of them forgets to put the brake on the wheelchair and they're going to roll down green street yeah. and into highway nine yeah and that's going to be the end of it. You know what that woman's probably thinking is like, here she, like she's it took her a week to wheel herself out there. And she's like, here he comes. That like, can't he find another courtyard? Yeah, like right. you can hear the wheels behind you. <laughs> here he comes. We're glad you're better. Thank you. But what, I mean, what do you have to say? Could you, could you become a better caregiver? Is there a class you could take? Could you read a book? I'll try. Listen to a podcast? I'll try. Well, what causes it? Some then? self-help. You go to Barnes & Noble because yeah. of self-help stuff. What, 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 what causes selfishness? Or just not, I don't know that I have. I'm, I'm not admitting that I have selfishness. But did you? were you worried about me last week? Of course I was. Okay. Silently. Was. Boulder, Colorado is the number one place to live in America. For pot peeps in Boulder, Colorado, uh, congratulations. We're headed out there. Yes. In a couple of weeks. Yeah. Right? Uh, Bol- University of Colorado Boulder is one of uh, Olivia's choices for college, which I think, you know, once we go out there, why do you want to go anywhere else, right? Seriously. 
I mean, I'm headed to the dispensary as soon as we land. Okay. Uh, number two, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. Number three, Huntsville, Alabama. Number four, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Number five, Austin, Texas, the best places to live in America. 25 years ago today in Atlanta, Muhammad Ali lighted the Olympic torch. The little French fry thing. If you're listening on uh, upload date, which is July 20th. 25 years ago, it's a quarter of a century, Don. That just seems so hard to believe. And we've talked a lot in the podcast about our, our Olympic memories. I, I don't I, I have none because I took vacation. I just got into Atlanta. I took vacation and went back home to North Carolina because I just didn't want to deal with the traffic and the craziness. I stayed here. I mean, you went to Party like a rock you went star. Down, I mean, you were at Olympic Village every night stumbling around. I went. It, it became so, I think about it now, like I went to so many basketball and gymnastics events that it almost became boring, which is crazy to say with the Olympics. But, you know, it got to the point where in the beginning with baseball and everything, it was really hard to get tickets. But then there became this glut of tickets and they'd be like, does anybody want to go to, you know, one country versus another country for basketball? And you're like, Oh, all right. And it's like, Oh my gosh, it's the Olympics. But I remember the torch. I lived in Sandy Springs. Um, I lived in an apartment in in Sandy Springs on Roswell road. And I remember the torch relay came down through there. Everybody moved their chairs up. I mean, what memories, you know, it's crazy. The opening ceremonies for the summer Olympics are this Friday night. The Olympics are here, and there are concerns over COVID nineteen. Um, there are there is a handful of of people from different delegations that have tested positive, or are self isolating since they have arrived in Japan and uh, Tokyo, and they now they who's they Cadillac Jack they being the I don't know Olympic J- Japanese officials, you know originally they said fifty percent capacity or ten thousand fan max, and now they're saying no fans at all. Can you imagine training your entire life? For the Olympics. And and first of all, you've been delayed a year. Don't forget that. Remember, these Olympics that, that were starting Friday were supposed to be last year, but were bumped a year because of the pandemic. I know. I think people forget about that. I think they think it's just like the time for them, but it's not. So it's really been five years, right, since we had the right. Summer Olympics. So imagine training your entire life and, and your mama and your daddy who cut the checks for the trainers and those little outfits that you wear for your sport and and the coaches and, and all. The, think about just travel. The, my God, the investment. And now your mama and your daddy can't go to Tokyo Why to cheer you on. Why can't the families just come? Why can't it just be the families? They're saying nobody, Donna, because uh, Tokyo is like in a, it's, they have declared a state of emergency because of rising COVID-19 cases in the country. Mm. So it's going to absolutely destroy revenue for the International Olympic Committee. In Rio 2016, which would have been the last Summer Olympics, six million tickets were sold. About 1.2 billion with a B in ticket revenue um, because of the year delay in Japan, the budgets are just skyrocketing ticket revenue was expected to be about $815 million with zero fans. It will now go to zero. Zero. I think that I heard, I was just going to look this up that as we record that a member of the USA gymnastics team, the female gymnastics team has come down with COVID. Yeah, U.S. U.S. Women's Gymnastics alternate test positive for COVID nineteen ahead of Tokyo Olympics. I guess that's not quite as bad, but this is going to be an interesting Olympics because we were all in the clear, and now we've got all this stuff going on, and it's bubbling back up. And I'm just wondering what's going to happen. Like, if these athletes are going to get started on this, and then at some point something's going to happen, and the fact that it's in Tokyo, I don't know. It just seems like a perfect storm brewing here, if you think about it. But you're right. And when you think of these athletes and what it takes 
to get to that moment. And the fact that for another, uh, an additional year, they either are going to be super trained because they had nothing to do or, you know, they're kind of off of their game because they sort of lost a year of, of training. And I don't know, be interesting to see what happens. Friday, NBC, the opening ceremonies of the Tokyo Japan Olympics. The NFL announced over the weekend that prior to every game in this upcoming season, starting September 9th of the kickoff and in the playoffs, and for the next 10 years, the NFL will play the Black National Anthem before all games. The Black National Anthem, you ask? I ask, too. Don't worry. It's a song called Lift Every Voice and Sing that's a hymn written back in 1900, we'll say. Then uh, his brother put some words to the music. His brother was J. Rosamond Johnson and James Weldon Johnson wrote it or did the, they, they collaborated on left every uh, lift, every voice and sing. Can there be anything more decisive right now in our country than to play or perform or sing the black national anthem before NFL games? Cause I have some questions. I threw this out on Facebook um, and we're going to read some of the responses that I can read on the podcast here in just a second, but I have some questions and I'm not being, I'm not being a smart ass and I'm not being a jerk with these questions. These are legitimate questions that when I read this headline yesterday, they popped into my mind. Okay. Can whites sing the black national anthem? Is that acceptable? Can we sing? We meaning I'm, I'm a white man. Can I perform? Can I sing with you? Blacks lift every voice and sing at Mercedes Benz stadium. when, When I go see the Falcons this season. Well, based on your singing before we came onto the podcast, I would I think they need you. You've got a great, great baritone. Daddy sang bass. Mama sang treble. You had it reverse. <laughs> you had daddy singing treble. Do blacks now not sing the original national anthem? Do they wait now just for the black national anthem to perform or to sing? These are all good questions. Do blacks put their hand over their heart as they sing the black national anthem? Like, like, like they have done previously, I hope, when the original. Anyway, what the F is that saying, too, that you have to now say the original national anthem? It's the national anthem. Thank you. Some comments from the Cadillac Jack podcast Facebook page. You ready? Mm-hmm. Um, ben Mayfield. Do you want to call these people? Okay. Well, I guess if they said it, yeah. This will solve everything. Yeah. Teresa Kay. Let's incite racism by creating an anthem for another race. This country is all colors, not black versus everyone else. What happened to United We Stand for Liberty and Justice for All? A couple of people saying I'm going to boycott the NFL. Eh, I don't know about that, but um, I'm not going to watch the sport. So... We can't get Hank singing Monday Night Football, but there's time for a separate anthem for every single game. Maybe David Allen Coke could whip up an anthem for the rest of us. Oh, wait, there already is one, the national anthem. Do you want some more? No. I mean, I think it's a very uh, <laughs> divisive issue. There's play. Like, I could scroll and scroll and scroll for days. I, um, I just don't think, I don't think it's necessary. I don't, I, I mean, I just, I just don't, I mean, I guess this comes about 
obviously, from players kneeling and not wanting to be a part of the national anthem. So I don't know. I, I just think uh, I think there's a there's enough division in the country. It's like, uh, you know, here's my thing. If during the national anthem, I mean, it's everyone's right to do whatever. So if they want to kneel and not be a part of that, then maybe continue that. But do we need a whole nother anthem? I don't know. So like before the Falcons game, then I go to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, is country singer John Langston going to perform the original? Yes. I'm not going to say the original anymore. Is 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 country star John Langston going to perform the national anthem? And then um, Seance or uh, Sasha, what's Beyonce's sister's name? Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah. or, 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 or Beyonce, then does she come out and perform lift well, every voice and sing? She's not coming out to, but she may at some point, I mean, they may just get like a choir or something from Ebenezer, or maybe they'll just have like a track, you know, like it's just, everyone will be supplied with this. Although it's not really a song, is it? It's somebody has, hymn, somebody has to go and record it. Yeah. It's a hymn from 1900. I think John Legend will probably record it. And then the NFL can just use it at every game. They lean on John for everything. Everything. Well, yeah. We'll move from that to, uh, <laughs> we're going to bump that. Well, can you just read this one? Sure. Facebook fishing yeah. with Cadillac Jack. Can you just do your, do one Yeah. about the goat? Okay. Well, now you're giving it away, Donna, that I don't actually scroll. Well, I know, but and this is it's just. All, it's all pre-done. No, no, no. This one you sent me, and I just think it's oh. so funny. Facebook fishing with Cadillac Jack. I will occasionally pause while scrolling live through my Facebook feed to read, dissect, and analyze posts. By my Facebook friends, um, yeah, we got to we got to roll on here. Um, which one? The goat. The goat. Spring self. Okay. Okay. Listen. Well, hang on. I got, I got. Okay. Well, here we go. Well, not the news we wanted, but Cody, our goat, will be having her eye removed on Thursday. That is so sad. Now I would join a prayer group for old uh, for old Cody. Uh, Ashley from Facebook who wants to be added to a group about detoxing, supporting the immune system and reversing chronic illness. Not me. There's a, listen, Ashley, I appreciate your concern and your need and your want to serve there, but I just, I got, I just don't have the time. And if I did, I have the time. I don't know that that's where you would find me placing my time. To be okay. Honest. Can we talk for just a second about sure. Facebook groups? Mm-hmm. Like you're telling me the other day, you're like, are you in a Facebook group? And I'm like, yes, a few, like if you, you grew up in, you know, you grew up in Smyrna, if you know these things or Campbell high school Panthers, or I think I'm in a couple of old, you know, Georgia ones or whatever, Zetas, but like you're in the oddest groups. And like, how did you get in these? Aren't you in some over 40? No. What's that one? Well, it's over 45 in Alpharetta. Group. Okay. I haven't joined it yet. No, I'm in the javelin throwing group. Okay. And um, um, Spanish architecture or something. What? Yeah, I don't know how I got in them. Are you just, you don't, I think you're just randomly, like when someone sends you something, you're like, yeah, I'll join your group. Like you didn't understand or something? Do you know how groups, to throw a joke? Groups, hang on. Um. I'm in a couple of podcast groups. Uh-huh. Here we go. Uh, javelin Throwers Unite. Okay. Do you know how... To, have you ever thrown a javelin? I have not. Okay. And then the um, oh, the Spanish Colonial Revival Group is the other one that I'm in. What? Yeah. Yeah. They don't post an awful lot. Well, I would think not. And there's another one called uh, Here's Your Sign 
or something like that that I just joined, and it's great because it's crazy. You know, so signs you and I see like when you're traveling, and oh you, yes, that just make you crack up. Um, oh, I thought it had something to do with your astrological sign. No, no, signs like like signs from Burger King and stuff it. like that. Yeah, hang on, I'll find one. That's okay. Hmm? No, hang on, it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth the wait. Hang on. Okay. I just I don't understand how you got in a javelin throwing group. I don't either, but I don't know how to get out of it. That's okay. the problem. <laughs> okay, we well, just jump out. Here we right? go. Here we go. Is butt cheeks one word or should I spread them apart? Okay. All that right. was on a sign. Love it. Like one of those signs. And then uh, found out grandpa is addicted to Viagra. No one is taking it harder than grandma. All right. <laughs> okay, let's move on. I had chicken, chicken tetrazzini for dinner. It is. It was so good. We had it for leftovers. I had it three times. I know. I had it three times. Now, I'll say to Stephanie and to Ken, uh, Stephanie and Ken Wright, who own Dinner Affair, the the... The dishes aren't meant to go past four days. When you hit the four-day mark, you need to let it go. But I will tell you, it was tough to let the chicken tetrazzini go. Don't tell my mama this, but it was better than the chicken tetrazzini that my mom made when I was a kid. It was so good. And this was an example of one of the dinner fair meals that's made. You know, just we put it in a big um, Pyrex dish and just cooked a big casserole dish. Bake and it. that was it. Done. Done. And the noodle, you know, I say everything comes ready. The noodles that you mix into the chicken and it's all it's all oh, great so white good. chicken. Um, the noodles are already cooked. Yeah, they come in a ziploc bag. They're already cooked, and it had that crunchy on the top where yeah. it was cooked. You, oh, it was great. It was great, and and that's the thing about dinner affair is not only if if you do like leftovers, if you you know if you order enough, then you can you know meal prep and take them for work the next day, so you can kind of double your meal. Um, so that's the great thing that dinner affair does. These meals are amazing. They're so easy to make. And this was a perfect example. This was just like an awesome comfort food meal. So not everything necessarily is a three part meal or has different things. This was one of the, um, one, you know, you cook it in one dish and yep. you're good to go. Dinner affair, dinner, A F A R E.com. $30 off your first order. The promo code is caddy 2021. That's C A D D Y 2021. Uh, we go and you go every month to dinneroffair.com and you select the number of dinners that's in your package. Several different packages are available and it all depends on how many people you're feeding, how many mouths are at your table or how much kids eat. When Will, our 22-year-old son, lived with us, that, that had a lot to do with it. Like we were on the largest package because Will ate for like three adults. Yes, but and you can you, do it however you want. And then you go through and you just pick pick the meals that you want, 15 for us every month, and then they deliver them right to your front door in uh insulated bags with dry ice and uh you know listen they're going to text you the window and it's not like 6 a.m to 2 p.m will be there sometime uh it's like within an hour but don't worry if you're working or you're out running the kids around that's fine again they come in insulated bags with the dry ice they're going to be fine out there don't worry they'll be fine out there for a little bit dinner affair um if you want to get your time back around dinner time and remember kids are going back to school what two weeks two weeks thank god Whew, it's been a long summer. Well, you're going to be back on the carpool train. I'm fine with that. Okay. Dinnerfair.com. Dinner, A-F-A-R-E.com. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville, a 16,000 square foot warehouse and showroom with everything that you are wanting for every room in your house. And let's stick with the kids messaging, the young adults messaging just a second. Uh, your young adults going back to college. So if you need to, um, you need to furnish a, an off-campus apartment, or you need some things for a dorm room or a home, gallery, furniture, ask for Donna, ask for the Wolfman. Yeah, and dorm rooms do not look like dorm rooms of yesteryear. It's not like you can just roll up with your bed in a bag like I did and uh, hang up your clothes How and about that? get going. Yeah, I had the one, the cat that wore the um, 
tennis shoes. But anyway, you can, <laughs> you have got to up your game if you have someone going to college, trust me. So you need rugs, you need lamps, you need console tables, you need new mattresses, you need a lot of things. And, you know, it's just not, you've already got a lot of stuff budgeted for college. So take that one worry off your list. Go up to gallery, you can get it all done. Um, they can deliver it, I'm sure, to your dorm, right to your dorm or to your house, however you want to do it. And you can get everything for much, much less than you would. And here's the thing. Instead of shopping at Home Goods and Target and Wayfair and Amazon, just you've got enough going on trying to get these kids to college. Just shop at one place. Get it all done and you can get your whole dorm room done and I guarantee you're going to save money. Locally owned for over three decades. Ask the Wolfman. Ask for Donna. Ask for Marilyn now. Donna's daughter, Marilyn, and um, Wolfman's granddaughter, Marilyn, runs the show in Gainesville. But but you'll also find Donna in the Gainesville store six, if not seven days a week. She's still hustling and still loading furniture when you back up. Take it home today. Great financing to galleryfurniture.com. All right, Donna's going to start with the first question, as promised, to our guest, Kista Frank, who lives in Brookhaven, Georgia. The story went viral in the past couple of weeks about Kista's husband, who left the door open when he went to uh, walk the dog one night. And in walks, uh, we have named the cat Mittens. Uh, I don't know the cat's real name. Oh. Do we know the cat's real name, Kista? I do not. Okay. Oh, yes, I do. Nala. Nala. Oh. Okay. That's like so, an exotic cat name. So in walks Nala into Kista's bedroom, and she's like sitting on the bed reading a Danielle Steele novel or something. Mm-hmm. And bam. Almost. Pops this cat. So, Donna, you lead with the very first, very first question that when we first talked about this story, you said, this is what I must know about this story. Well, it's not. I mean, I have many questions, but my first question would be, had you told your husband in the past, make sure you close the door when you go walk the dog, something love- could come in? Okay, so I love this question, but I have to correct a few incorrect points. <laughs> So it was actually very early down the morning, around 6.15 in the morning, and we always open the door to let our dog out. My husband was actually very, being very sweet <laughs> that he got up first to let our dog up to out. Right? Aww. So we opened the door for top 15, 20 minutes as our dog, you know, comes in and out because we have a little invisible fence. And then my husband goes and does his thing, and he was letting me sleep in. See? Well, that's all the time but we that, have for you, Kiss. Yeah, that's all we need. That's it. Thank <laughs> you. Have a great day. <laughs> that's so I'm sh- sorry. I know. It's so funny because he became like the idiotic husband who left the door open. But, you know, when you have dogs that scratch on the door, it's annoying oh we have two and we let them out every morning and they go we have an invisible fence so i could see this happening to us you had yes. to be do you leave your door open well no we don't leave our door because then our then our oh, cats okay. our domestic house cats would go out but you so oh, what, okay, what, gotcha. what was your first thought when you saw oh, this cat okay so i know right so it was kind of still dark but i knew my husband was preoccupied i knew my dog should have was like outside doing his business and um all i heard was this like thing land on my bed and i open my eyes and there's this cat in my face and my first thought was oh my god the cat got in the house and is 
now in the house. I didn't even realize the size of it until it, like, hopped off the bed. Oh, my gosh. And, and yeah. so was, was it, like, was did it meow? <laughs> did it purr? No, it didn't make any noise. I think, okay, so just imagine you're in bed, and, you know, I look up, and it's, it's got kind of a normal cat face. I didn't even notice, you know, the pattern or anything. And then it hops off the bed, and it's tall enough that my king-size bed, you know, up on a big bed frame, I could see its head and ears. And I said, that is not a normal cat. I so, don't know what that is. <laughs> that cat is huge and as tall as my dad. So, yeah, so wow. I so, think about that. So, I just back down and screamed for my husband. So, did, <laughs> so is, <laughs> did it walk through, like, that, that was the other question I had. Like, did it go straight back out the front door? Or did it kind of, like, slither, like, panther-style through the house? I mean, so, okay, not really, I mean, we, okay, this is kind of the funny part of the story, is that uh, my husband came in and kind of, like, locked eyes with it, and then, like, had me get out of the room, and then I ran upstairs and, like, locked myself in my um, upstairs bedroom, like, my kid's upstairs bedroom, and I pretty much left him in the room with the cat, so if anyone is... Uh, idiotic it's really me like I just shut the door and my poor husband was left with this cat but then he was able to get out and then we have like a door that leads to the outside from our bedroom and he opened that and the cat left <laughs> did he ever question you as to why you left him in the room with the cat <laughs> <laughs> he he was like, hey listen Cadillac I mean I was just thinking of my own life there <laughs> I would do the same thing. I mean, it's right? it's it's all happening so quick that I'm sure after you know after it ended, you have you had questions just like we do. It's almost like, does your husband let this? It, this is not a domestic house cat, so then he's got to let this cat back outside, and then you know, is that the proper thing to do? But then you can't house this wild cat inside your house. I mean, so that's that's an interesting question because I left, and you know. As a woman of a certain age, I don't, I sleep in very little clothing. Yes. So I don't have any really clothes, and my cell phone is in my bedroom. So we didn't really have any, we had to get the cat out. We had to get the cat out so we could get our cell phone and um, call animal control. <laughs> Do you call information first, or do you have do you have that number in your contacts, or, or I mean, how do you? I wouldn't know how to get in touch with animal, animal control. <laughs> no, I don't have that in my contacts. <laughs> but um, yeah, do, do I call. Know, I just googled it. Do we know Kista how far the cat lived from your home in Brookhaven? Um, not too far. I mean, North North Stratford is the theory. I mean, I don't really know that much. You know. But that's probably on the other side of Petrie Dunwoody, maybe a mile. Okay. And had there been yeah. like had there been signs up that like mittens the the serval cat was missing? <laughs> no. The last thing I thought was that this was a pet. I really thought it was like a baby bobcat that was just very confused. Yeah, that I mean that makes sense. I would think the yeah. same thing. The last thing you would think is that someone was has this as a domestic, you know, animal in the Totally. House. I, that was the last thing I thought about. And then 
when I put it on my, my next door neighbor kind of app, um, I got people saying, oh, I think we know the owner. This is someone's pet. And then I got kind of upset. Yeah, on a different level. Yeah. So it was kind of because known. It was known and around that this person had this animal. Uh, can you imagine that coming up on your next door app? Say that again. I say, can you imagine that coming up on your next door app? It's usually like kids are sp- speeding through the neighborhood, but th- there's a wild serval <laughs> running through the neighborhood. Native, native to, to, to Tunisia, Africa. <laughs> I'm glad your husband took a picture because I don't know that people would have believed you, honestly, Kista. Like they would have been like, oh, Kista was in the wine again, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but it's like such a crazy story that I'm like, I couldn't even make it up. We kind of compare it to the hangover scene where, you know, the guy's in the bathroom and he's like a double take. Yeah. When he he sees the tiger, it's like, oh, a tiger. And then you're like, oh my gosh. It's a tiger. out of the bathroom. And yeah. And I did get upset because. My dog is very old. I'm very lucky my dog didn't, like, see it. it. It literally had to crawl. It went through my house to find my bedroom. Yeah. No, there's a lot that could have gone wrong. I mean, it, you know, it, it is a, there are funny elements to the story. But on a personal level, I'm thinking, like, you know, we have two very large dogs. I mean, it, it, that could have been, if that happened to someone, that could have been a mess. Or if your kids had been downstairs. for You know, there's just, it, there's a I mean, l- I'm an empty nester. So we don't have any kids in the house right now. But I just imagine, like, what if I hadn't found my bedroom? And I, like, walked into the kitchen. (laughs) And it's just lolling on the ground in there, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, sitting there. I don't know. My husband says, you know, it it hissed at him when he was trying to Mm. get it out. He had his, like, uh, broomstick, you know, ready to, like, fight it off. But... That, it left. That would have been a proud room. moment, too. That would have been a proud moment, too. Hey, uh, joining us on the podcast with uh, Kista is the Animal Legal Defense Fund Legislative Affairs Manager, Alicia Pragoski from the West Coast. Good morning, Alicia. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be with you. So tell us the take from the Animal Legal Defense Fund uh, about this story uh, in, in Brookhaven, Georgia. Yeah. So, I mean, our take is that regardless of your opinion on leaving the door open or closing the door when you let your dog out, you should not have to expect that a wild cat is going to walk into your home. Um, we do a lot of work on on prohibiting the private possession of wild cats because this is a huge problem, right? It's, it's a problem for the cat, him or herself, and then it's also a problem for the community. Um, just every time I hear Kista tell this story, it is shocking because this is not something that should happen. And so we do a lot of work to try and and prohibit um, pet possession of wild cats. And in, in this particular case, um, Kissa contacted us and we worked really hard to try and find a sanctuary for this cat to go to um, because we, we don't want to see people keeping these cats as pets. It's, it's, they're not domesticated animals. And so we were trying to find a, a sanctuary for the cat to go to and, and to live out the rest of her life. Um, in, in a place where she could get proper care for her species. And so without, I know you're probably not able, there may be some things you're not able to tell us because of the owner, but um, so was this cat raised, it, was this a full-grown serval? Was this a, a baby one? Was this cat raised from, you know, infancy or had they they had gotten this cat later in life? 
So from what we know, it was a full-grown serval. We don't, of course, we don't know all of the details. Um, but, you know, servals are like 30 to 40 pounds on average. So it's not like they're a lion or a tiger, but that's really big for a, a wild cat um, to have one as a pet. And so in a distant part of this story is the former owner of this cat claims she got the cat in South Carolina, where it's currently legal to keep several cats as pets. But then she brought the cat to Georgia, where it's not legal. And so there's this patchwork of state laws um, regarding the private ownership of wild cats. And it just makes it really difficult to regulate this because they can be traded and, and transported all over the country. So that's why we work on legislation, um, specifically the Big Cat Public Safety Act, to try and prohibit the private possession of wild cats. Well, and I think for people who, you know, I'm a huge animal lover, both of us are. And I think for people who see the cat, which I have, and, you know, think the cat is very cute. And, you know, there's also the other side that I know you you guys um, advocate strongly for, and that is not everyone um, takes these cats in for good reasons. You know, not everyone is able to take care of them. And, and, and these are these are wild animals. And they you know, they shouldn't be, you know, and I don't know about this situation, but, you know, I know in other situations they are housed in cages or crates or, you know, and that's just not, that's not proper care for the animal. That's absolutely right. These are wild animals and servals, for instance, um, they have a vast territory when they're in the wild and they hunt and they're really, um, they're good jumpers, they're really strong. And so a lot of times, with private possession, it is impossible to give serval cats or any other type of wild cat the type of environment that they're going to need to actually thrive and, and to have a, a good well-being and a good quality of life. You just can't do it in these private homes because you're right. Often these cats end up in cages, especially in situations where they might become aggressive and the owners can't control them. Um, and it's, it's a really sad outcome for the cats. And it's a concerning outcome when these cats escape because, unfortunately, this is not all that uncommon. Um, just a, a few weeks back, there was a tiger who escaped from a home in Houston. We hear about this all the time, and, and we just need to get stronger laws so that people stop doing this and stop keeping these wild cats as pets. Hey, Alicia, is, is the cat still in the custody of the uh, Department of Natural Resources, the DNR? We actually don't know. Okay. Um, we don't know. We did contact the Department of Natural Resources and offer to connect them with a couple of sanctuaries that were willing to take the cat. We didn't hear back. We're hopeful that they have placed her or are going to place her in an accredited sanctuary, but we don't know exactly what the plan is there. Because the cat was eventually, you know, just uh, how long after Mittens made uh, his appearance in your home did uh, the cat get trapped? Do we know that? How, how long there was there was? It was the about a week. Okay. A little over a week, where the cat was nobody could find it. There were pictures people were taking, but nobody could really, um, you know, capture it. I guess it's kind of like the bears. And then there was this big, yeah, big trap in my backyard. They were trying to like safe, you know, safely capture her, but um, no, it, it, it was a while. It's kind of like the bears here in Atlanta. You know, it's, it's, it's this time of the year right now yes. where you see all these sightings of bears and picture people post pictures of the bears all around. There was one, I think, in the past couple of days in Gwinnett County. They come down from the North Georgia mountains, um, and, and you're told, listen, don't, don't 
and you know don't interact with them don't yep. ask them to sit don't give them treats don't just ignore them uh, and that was kind of the messaging that the media here in atlanta got out about mittens when he was still she no. uh, she when when she was still you know roaming around after she had come to your home for some treats and um there were sightings yeah. and, and pictures but eventually you know she was trapped and and and, and we hope that uh, the dnr found a, a sanctuary for her uh, for her for that was a plan of words get it for, for her f-u-r for her uh-huh. well and we appreciate <laughs> I, you know we appreciate the work that you're doing too alicia because at the end of the day it's like it, it's not the animal's fault and then if if the animal gets out and eventually has to be put down because it does challenge someone it's a very sad story because it, it, the animal shouldn't be in that situation so um yeah, that's exactly that's i mean absolutely i'm absolutely right yeah and i can laugh about it now but you know, sometimes I think about it in my, my Olympic system just goes crazy. Well, like, here's the thing. Flight, flight. If you're ever in one of those situations where like for work or like even like a like later for something and they say, let's tell something about yourself that no one knows, you're going to have the best story. Like an icebreaker yeah. at a conference or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's like, tell us one thing no one knows about you. Well, I'm the crazy Atlanta cat lady. I once spent yeah, the night exactly. with a serval cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a what a great story! Which I, I, I can laugh about now. Yes, but at the time, I, I'm sure it was, it was frightening. Um, yeah. What yeah. about the media? Because this story, Kista, did go. Uh, it, it became viral, oh. and it didn't take long at all. Um, other I than know. the crazy My Second Act podcast, um, what uh, what media <laughs> stuff have you done along with uh, Alicia to get the messaging out there? I mean, I really just had new people calling me. I was, I knew it was like funny, crazy, important story, especially after I talked to Animal Legal Defense Fund, like an important story. Um, this is my first experience of kind of going viral. So I had a few trolls and I had to tell my teenage kids had to be like, mom, you don't read those comments. Don't you know that? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, well, they're looking out for mom. That. <laughs> looking out for mom." And the yeah, media, the media, everybody got your name wrong too, right? Is Kista K I S T A, right? Well, no, I specifically told them to use Christine just because Kista is my nickname, and okay, I don't know. Wow, you're we, fine. Using we got Kista. the nickname. Donna. <laughs> I like that. We got the nickname version of Mrs. Frank. Yes. Yes. Who lives in uh, Brookhaven, Georgia. What a great story. Hey, Alicia, thank you for all you do at the Animal Legal Defense Fund. Um, and uh, Alicia Progoski and, and and Kista, thank you for your time very much. And send our best to your husband. And um, I'm glad we got the clarification on the front. Yes. But first of all, it was in the morning. Yes. It's, it's strange to me, too. Well, it's not strange at all. We see it every day, how the media twists story. And I don't know that they twisted the story. I don't purpose, know where they got that. That it was at night. We have a window in our bedroom that opens up. And we don't. But that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, and thank goodness we've cleared this up. Her poor husband's out here doing something nice for her. Although Kista did lock her in the room with a cat. She did. You know, I hadn't read that anywhere on CNN or yeah. anything like that. So, that you know, that story may now get picked up, Kista. And you're That's now going to be the villain. Yeah. Okay, so just so <laughs> oh, you know. No. All right. Hey, Alicia, thanks for your time. Have a great day. Thank you so much for having us. You All too. right. Kista, take care. Thanks for your time very much. We appreciate it so much. All right. Y'all take care. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your time. What an interesting story. Very it's interesting story. Very interesting. I mean... And, and here, you know what? Here, her husband is trying to do something nice. Now, I got to tell you, yeah. I'm I'm just sitting here playing this whole thing through my mind. Like, what I would have had to be in charge of this cat. If this cat was in our house, you would be standing on a chair. Like, oh, you my, think? oh my gosh. I Yes. 
And the fact that he had a broom and was trying to scoot this serval cat out the door with a broom. Yeah, I'd be hissed like, at him. Oh, shh. I'd have shit my hands. I'm serious. I, I, I think I would have just, I don't know what I would have done. I would you just run? run? I bet it would chase you. Like throw raw chicken and meat at it, you know? That's some, what I'm thinking. Some leftover dinner affair chicken. Or like know, some Publix turkey or something. Like we try to get the dogs outside. I just don't know. I mean, you know, and honestly, out of the story, like we said, it is funny, but that can go all kinds of wrong. Yeah. If those dogs had gotten mixed up with the cat. Mm, mm, mm. Now, I will say the kitty cat's cute with its little ears. It's very, very handsome. If you have not looked up a serval, look it up because they're really cute. They got those cute little ears. Three feet tall. That's half of me. Yeah, and you heard her say that it stood, you know, its ears and its head came above her the mattress on their their king, California king with the bed frame. But see, what makes me sad now is that the little, like, now the cat's life is kind of in limbo. Like, it's at the DNR, and so it's not back with its owner, which it really never should have been with. But then what happens to it? It's just sad. Sad story, in a way. Pod peeps for this episode of the My Second Night Podcast include uh, Shelby Bream, Vertigo, question mark. The truth finally comes out. And here I was, getting ready to head over to your house with homemade brownies. Not that kind, Shelby writes. And milk for a counseling session. Not necessary. Love that. Um, I have you, just, a po- you just blew right over that, didn't Yeah, you? I am. I have a, a pod peep, uh, Krista Evans-Heath, her little doggy Coco. She sent us a picture, and um, Coco's been listening to y'all on the way to the beach. And she looks like she's having fun listening to us. That's a smile. Yes. On the dog's face. We'll include um, we'll include Coco in the letter so you can see her. She's cutie. This uh, Saturday, it'll hit your inbox at 910. And Betsy Richards, uh, huge pod peep and great friend of ours on the west side of Atlanta. Uh, she was giving yeah. you advice about vertigo. It's in your packet. It's in your run of shake. Yeah, but I flip, mean, flip, flip. I am, and I also have her there. But here's the thing. Like, she wants me to sleep sitting up. I mean, like, is that going to help my vertigo to sleep sitting up? Uh, and do some herply maneuver. What is an herply maneuver? Well, that is some testing that's going on with vertigo where they strap you into this chair. And it's almost like a dental chair. And then they recline you and they spin you almost like a NASA experiment. Mm-hmm. Because what happens with vertigo is the crystals in your ear have something has happened. Everyone has crystals in their ear, in their inner ear. And there's something about they've gotten dislodged. And so what you're trying to do is spin them back into just thinking about this right now makes me feel like I want to hurl. But at any rate. Um, I, lo- I just love her last question. Like, have you tried Dramamine and sleeping sitting up? Well, no, I hadn't, Betsy. But I'm gonna... Something to look into, maybe. Something to look into. Our thanks to Preston Thompson, who produced this episode of the My Second Act podcast. Check Preston out as host of the Georgia Politics podcast and the Drafted podcast. Both are produced through the Appen Podcast Network. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Bye.